In the beginning, there was darkness. A void waiting to be filled with the echoes of destiny. From the depths of time, legends emerged. Heroes forged in the fires of adversity, their stories etched in the fabric of eternity. Through the sands of ancient deserts, across the vast expanse of galaxies, and amidst the tumultuous waves of the ocean, their journeys began. But amidst the chaos, there arose a whisper, a call to action, a beacon of hope. Now, as the world holds its breath, a new tale unfolds, a story of courage, of triumph against all odds. Join us as we delve into the depths of imagination, as we embark on a journey beyond the realms of possibility. For in every tale lies a lesson, in every legend a truth waiting to be discovered. This is not just a podcast. This is an odyssey, a quest for knowledge, a quest for inspiration, a quest for the very essence of what it means to be human. Welcome, dear listeners, to a world of infinite possibilities. Welcome, dear listeners, to the True Life Podcast. Yeah. Fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the True Life Podcast. I hope everybody's having a beautiful day. I have an incredible guest coming all the way from Sheffield, where I heard they have incredible knife-making tools over there. The cutlery, I heard, is amazing over there. Rudy Plukino. (laughs) a maestro of connection and customized lead generation in a world of business where metrics often dictate the rhythm. Rudy Plukino conducts a symphony of personalized outreach, specializing in customized lead generation. Rudy's not just about numbers. He's about building relationships with potential customers, prioritizing connection over metrics. Rudy, thanks for being here today, my friend. How are you? I am good. I'm a little bit tired, but other than that, I'm very, very good. How about yourself? I'm doing well, thank you for asking. It is coming towards the end of the day for us over here, about 10 o'clock at night. However, it's I think it's amazing that you and I can be on opposite sides of the pond over here and still have a great conversation and a relevant conversation about what's happening in the world today. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to have this conversation with you. Could be, could be interesting. Agreed, agreed. So maybe you can give people a little bit of your background, like what, why marketing, why lead generation, why on LinkedIn, man? Who is this guy, Rudy? Um, well, I I suppose it started about a year ago. Uh, yeah. Uh, being a bit stuck in what I was doing. I was doing like bar work, a little bit stuck in where I should go. Um, had the idea to move up here to get better job opportunities, go into sales, to eventually try to get myself to a position where I could re- work remotely. And here I am today, a year later, uh, progressing on being able to work 
completely digitally. So this is the route that I've chosen. It's something that everyone needs, frankly, in any business. Everyone needs uh, your lead generation or marketing or both, preferably. And this is why I've decided to go on this this particular path. It's pretty simple. It's pretty quick. It's pretty quick to take a year and figure out a way to work remotely. A lot of people struggle with making transitions in their life. And Was it easy for you to do? Uh, no. <laughs> it definitely wasn't easy. Um, I... Yeah, because it, it would have been around March that I actually moved up here. So definitely not easy. There's been a lot of ups and downs. I suppose in some people's eyes, it is definitely a lot easier than perhaps what they've done. Because I know that there's plenty of people that you know, might broach this point after doing what I've been doing for five odd years, right? Um but because I'm I'm very good uh, intellectually at, at like operational side of things, I I guess this is why I feel like I can do it now, and I'm getting reasonable success. What so t run run me through like let's say that I come to you and I'm like Rudy. Man, I got to get a little bit of lead generation, man. You know, I, I wish that the True Life podcast had better marketing. I don't, I have a, I have an organic reach, but you know, I just wish it had more people, man. Like how, what, where would you take that conversation, man? Well, I don't do marketing. I do okay. self-marketing for myself. So okay. I'm just going to put that on the table. Yeah. Um, would not class myself as a marketer, but hopefully eventually if I get good at marketing myself, that is potentially something I would advertise. But at this point, so so if you came to me saying i i need bigger audience so on i mean i i don't know if i would necessarily do it for a podcast but it's essentially cold outreach right okay it's cold outreach trying to start conversations uh with people about whatever their field is so it's personalized per person, and it's trying to engage them in what they already do in their business. That's essentially it. So that's what, what? I would do. Uh, from your account, I would send out like loads of connection requests. Everyone has their own personalized message, uh, similar to yours, right? That, that was a part of my campaign. And uh, I don't know if you have it to hand, but that's... That's how this relationship started, and uh, I would have never thought I would I'd be on your podcast today from it. But it's uh, quite nice to be on your podcast from it. So yeah, I mean, you you saw the message; it was quite nice. Um, I feel like you 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 responded well to it, and that is essentially what I would provide for people that would want to get lead generation from me is essentially have nice outreach where people don't feel like, oh my goodness, this person is going to sell to me, apart from me. I, I feel like there, there's people now that just in my inbox say, no, not interested, thanks, even though I've tried to start a conversation with them. Like, I haven't even tried to sell you anything. And you're saying, no, not interested, thanks, as, like as if I've, I have. So 
it also tells you how on guard people are. Even if you're trying to start genuine conversation with them, uh, people just immediately go, no, leave me alone. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's essentially it. And, and, it. and to scale as well. Yeah, it's interesting to think about what lands in your mailbox and what is it that people want from you? Like, and maybe this speaks to your, your route of kindness, but wh why is it like, why do so many of us think that someone automatically wants to get something from you? It seems like that, whether it's in LinkedIn or pick your social media platform, it's just like, Oh, this person's trying to sell me something. If they're even a real person, they're probably just a bot. Um, that that is a very valid point. I can't really speak to other social media platforms, if I could be totally honest with you. Nice. Because I haven't been another I, I mean, I, I have an Instagram, it's instead, and I don't use it. And uh, potentially I might have an old Facebook that I haven't deleted. Uh but in terms of being actively on social media, I am not. Apart from LinkedIn, I'm not anywhere else but linkedin is a unique sort of a uh, beast of its own where it's basically business networking and i think to a certain degree people either want to network with you or they want to perhaps conduct some level of business with you in the future or um, actually how i started um when i got this app in march was just randomly going to uh, all the CEOs of really massive company and VPs like BlackRock, um, as, uh, Vanguard, just randomly going, bloop, at you, bloop, <laughs> and just like seeing it as a fun game. Right. Not really having like any objective, just seeing who would just randomly connect to me. And I, I think there is a level of people just add people for the sake of it without any sort of intention but if if you do start a message there is a level of intention behind it which is also why i do the messaging as well because i mean there is intention behind why i messaged them so yeah what kind of what kind of response rate do you get like i mean i don't know if you can share that or if you have something in your mind is it like um, any idea it's actually reasonably high. So I I probably have about a 50 to 60% connection rate. Uh, like, and I think out of that, it is a good... Uh, I think it would be about... Yeah, about 60% of those people respond. Because it, it's, for the most part, just conversational right it's not trying to say oh look at me i've got such and such it's oh i've seen what you do i'm impressed by it um tell me more essentially there's the basis of my conversation starter and i think for most people who aren't traumatized by these uh sort of uh metaphorical uh sales flashes where they they unleash the 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 contents of their metaphorical trench coat um <laughs> they respond nicely you know yeah so, yeah 
I agree too. I, I'm curious in your in your opinion. Um, do you think most people can tell the difference between a legitimate person trying to contact you and like a like a bot of some kind? I've seen some pretty some pretty interesting. I guess they're kind of spammy, but. Do you think that most people can tell or feel the difference between an authentic sort of outreach versus something that's just like a mass outreach? Um, yeah, I I think generally speaking, if it is mass outreach, it will follow a script, right? It, it will have, I mean, I know it's getting better, but generally speaking, it will be a script with your name and perhaps your business inserted into like blanks and that's right. it there's no there's no level of oh yeah i've i've seen you work such as they, they won't ask any sort of intricate questions about your business that would take you know a level of thought to actually ask right that that's how you tell in my personal opinion if it seems scripted it is and if it is scripted, it's probably a bot. So are you telling me that the really attractive Asian girl who's got an MBA from Harvard is trying to reach me probably is a bot? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yes. <laughs> With zero I'm, followers? I'm, I'm really sorry to tell you, Scott, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> as much as you might want it not to be. I think the likelihood is very high. <laughs> you know what? Like, I, I like to watch the profiles that are spammy and are bots, you know, and it's interesting to me to put myself in the mind of the person that's doing it just for like an exercise. And like, clearly, they find like a really pretty girl. So that seems to be a metric that gets people to reply back. And often, if you go to those bots, like, you'll You'll click on it and you'll be like, this person has 12 followers from the same type of guy profile. You know, it's kind of interesting, like what kind of information those bots are giving back to whoever they're reporting back to. I think you, you, you know, it would be interesting to open up the doors to LinkedIn and kind of check out the psychological profiles they have on people, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would. <laughs> yeah, that'd be very interesting. Uh, but. I, I also think they definitely know what sort of profile they go for. I think I think to be honest, because they are bots, they just you know automatically send it out and right. the the same sorts of sorts of uh, people will follow them. Which are probably uh, no offense to before I say it, no offense to anyone who fits this demographic. <laughs> But it is going to be uh, like lonely men that don't get enough attention or don't know how to get that sort of attention from women and therefore hope that potentially this very obvious spot might actually be a woman that could be interested in them. <laughs> they just really hope. I'm sure in, in like instinctively they know that there's a uncanny valley right mm. but they just ignore it because they're lonely <laughs> so. what do you think what do you think those bots are fishing for are those you think that those are like phishing scams they're looking for credit cards or 
They're just any idea? I, I don't know because I've I've also frankly gotten them as well. Uh, like there's one I don't know if you have it over there, but they basically message you thinking you're someone else, and they go, "Oh, sorry, no, um, <laughs> this is so weird." Because I've uh, first time because it was like it was so weird that for maybe it is but then it's happened like two other times after that it's like oh yeah this is like a fishing thing and then they do the oh let's do a video call and then it switches off immediately so i think i think it's literally just data harvesting right it's data harvesting i think it's just for any level of data they just want your data your face um name location and then pretend i don't know like there's a part of me that thinks that it could it could be like um harvesting for digital identity fraud potentially i don't know it's interesting it, on some yeah. level it, re it reminds me of like captures you know how like captures get harder and harder and harder like so too yeah. is the technology with the bots like you're like oh these guys are getting pretty good you know it's kind of interesting to see those two yeah. things work together no definitely it is uh, but actually interestingly enough that you you bring up capture capture it doesn't actually need to be accurate whatsoever all it's actually really scanning for is how you do it it's not what you do, it's how you do it. If you do it in a human way, it's going to let you through, even if it's completely wrong. Well, at least for the ones that you click on, oh, is uh, click on all the traffic cones. Mm. Yeah. What What's the human way to do that versus the non-human way to do that? Um, <laughs> I, I think the, the human way or... The human way, I, I should put that in quotations, <laughs> is to go... <laughs> yeah, potentially. Um, is just to somewhat struggle a bit. Just to go, oh, is it this square? That... I, I don't know, actually. Uh, just, just to take some time with it as opposed to doing it immediately, I guess. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. You know... It's interesting. I talk to a lot of people that are um, in a lot of different fields and we find ourselves, especially in today's age and time and age, ending up in like this world of AI and, and these ideas. And you and I have kind of been talking about it with these bots and captures and stuff like that. What yeah. let me just shift gears here. Like what's your take on on the potential lead generation and its relationship with AI? Is that something that can be you know given to ai to do or what's your take on that is, is that a tool that can be used and leverage or what do you think uh yeah i mean it can definitely be leveraged in multiple different ways and in multiple different sections of lead generation so um it so it can be used for the filtration so it could be used to do the targeting of leads better by certain criteria. Uh, could be used to craft messages. Um, uh, it could, yeah, I mean, it could be used for a lot of things in that, in that sort of, in, in lead generation in general. Yeah. 
It's interesting to me. I think it, it, it also leads me to this idea of behavior. Like, it seems to me that whenever you're trying to reach out to somebody, regardless of what kind of outreach it is, whether you're trying to reach out to help somebody or you're trying to find lead generations or, you know, you come back to this idea of behavior. And before we go too deep on this, what are you fascinated by behavior or is it something that you, you find interesting or what's your take on behavior? I am definitely very interested in behavior. I've always liked psychology. Uh, it's, yeah, and, and philosophy as well, although that's not necessarily behavior as such. But right. yeah, I would say I'm very, very interested in behavior. I read a lot of psychology books and listen to them as well. Nice. It makes sense. I, you know, I, I can tell in the way in which you approach people and your philosophy of kindness that that's a that's that had to be part of your style. Like, and, and I, I see that same sort of I think I see that same sort of messaging in the things that I do, and I kind of gravitate towards that. You know, they say like attracts like water seeks its own level. And maybe it's maybe it's the idea of reciprocity is why we use kindness. Is when you think about your approach to talking to people and and reaching out to them, maybe you could speak about the relationship of kindness, psychology, and philosophy, and the way you work. Right. So um, I I suppose the reason why I approach people and the way that I approach them is. Um, one, people like talking about themselves and people like to be recognized. Those two things, I think, for everyone will stay the same, right? Even I, if, if someone came to me with a message like I send out, I would be like, oh, that's actually really sweet. And they've, they've actually like pointed out certain little bits that it's not just the copy and paste sort of thing. So yeah, I I think in that sense, I understand that to work because it would work for me. Um, and and the reason why there's also another reason why I go about it that way, uh, even for clients of mine, is because um, it also means that you you're unlikely to burn bridges, mm. right? Because a lot of people burn bridges before they're even constructed because they go straight into it in a very salesy script and then they go, oh, no thanks. At least when I get a no thanks in my inbox, they're still connected with me. It's not a burnt bridge and I could potentially approach them at a later point. Yeah, it's a so, good point. Yeah. What, what do you... What role does authenticity and vulnerability play in the outreach game? Um, I I think it also plays a role in the way that I market myself as well. I guess it just makes you a bit more relatable, a bit more human than people are really used to in the B2B sector. And yeah, it's also... It's, just get to be yourself, really. <laughs> and now that I'm doing my own thing, I can be. 
Yeah, I was very frustrated from the the previous two uh, sales roles before I, I went to do my own thing that a lot of it was very deceptive. You mm. had to, it was basically trying to shove it down their throats, say everything will be all right, even though there's been a lot of errors and things can go wrong. You have to say the complete opposite. And it's just nice not to have to do that. I can be completely transparent with people, say, look, some things, you know, it's life. It, that there is error in things. I can't guarantee you certain things because life doesn't come with guarantees, right? I could, I could have the confidence that something may work, but I can't guarantee you anything. You know, that that speaks to these I, this idea too, uh, especially when it comes to sales or people that are doing things in their life that maybe they're not that they don't love to do. You know, for for you, you said it was previous sales job, and for me, I was at a job where I felt as if the people with whom I was working for no didn't really care about me or the people that worked with me. They just cared really about numbers. What do you think, and that kind of sounds similar to the, the job you were at before. Like, Do you think that like, how much of that getting up and going to work at a place and not really caring to do it, how much, how much wear and tear do you think that does on a person's like integrity and, and on their ability to, to go out and be happy? Do you think that plays a role in their all-around well-being? I well, I can only speak for myself, and uh, and perhaps you, since you said <laughs> that you know it's a similar thing for you. Uh, but yeah, I think it's been like that for all of my jobs. I don't think there's really been any places where I've worked where I go, oh, they really care for me. Apart from actually, you know what? To a degree, okay. the the bar that I worked at was probably the nicest place to work at however that that just wasn't good for me uh physically because uh I, I would work pretty much every friday and saturday and then there's two nights in a row drinking and people behind the bar drink and anyway tangent let's throw that aside for a second i think going back to the point of wear and tear I think even for my seven years, it's five, uh, when did I start working? It would have been around 1920. So yeah, six, seven, uh, six, five years. I think that's enough for me. And, and I'm, I'm 25 at this point. I feel even just five years is, is a lot. It's, it's changed. You know, it's quite weird being in this position. I, I still need to adjust work. To, to working for myself. I mean, I love it. I would never... I am going to fight to make this work as much as possible. But, yeah, it, it it's not good. It runs you down. It makes you more docile uh, because you're working, what, nine to five. That's, like, most of your waking day. And then you have a little bit of time to eat and sleep. Um it's just, it's just uh, somewhat degrading to to your humanity as a person. I I think personally that that's my personal take on it. Yeah, I agree. I I 
Our friend Thomas Hutchison says over here, how did you find your thing? I do the same on LinkedIn and speak to some incredible people. Some get it and chat for the sake of good conversation. Others are like, yeah, hi, okay, what's your offer? What are you selling? I think we covered it a little bit, but what advice would you give to Thomas here, man? Like if, if someone came up to you and is like, how did you find the thing you're doing? What gave you the courage to leave where you were at and start doing what you're doing? Like, give us the, give us the lowdown on that. How did I find my thing? Um, it, it, so actually this, this sort of uh, came about from doing a commission only position um where i did get a lot of leads doing it this way and i had a certain knack for it i kept on passing leads over uh without anything actually being closed on the other side and i thought well i'm good at this and i know how to do this to scale i you know i thought why not do it for myself and and charge for it you know uh it's a wanted skill. I'm doing it for someone for free and it's not really being appreciated either. Uh, and yeah, no. And, and, and also, frankly, I think the people that I have spoken to have, have liked me, right? Uh, because I've had few people that, that would have been interested in the thing that I was selling. Um, but yeah, you know, as soon as I passed it to that person, they're like, oh, no, I'm okay. <laughs> so I, I realized that there was something in that where um, it made more sense to do it for myself and then, you know, do it for other people. But, like, through them, if that makes sense. Yeah, it totally yeah. makes sense. It sounds to me that you have a set of skills that, either you have learned along the way or maybe you were born with them. You say when people, when, when, when you say people like you, like, and I like you, I like our conversation so far. Like it's fun to talk to you. Like you have like a really cool vibe about you, but like, but what is that? Like, you probably know what it is. Like, are you, when you talk to people, are you like, trying to monitor what they're thinking or when you talk to people are you trying to find things about them that you want to bring out that are interesting or what is it about your conversational style that you think people really like um i i think it's very organic and i don't really have any preconceived notion as per where the conversation is going to go even on a a, a supposed sort of a discovery call where you know traditionally you have to have like a set of rules to be able to sell and close them so and so forth i think because of my general uh organic conversation flow um where there isn't any monitoring of the other person now i i am very good on a subconscious level of of reading people in conversations but i don't do that consciously and that's just something that trickles in the back <clears throat> that I actually can't help, frankly. Uh, but I'm just very good at it. And that that's probably something that I am born with. Yeah, those skills seem to be that way. Have you ever have you ever been on a call or like a discovery call or a sales card or a lead generation call and it just went way off the rails and it was kind of funny? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been plenty of uh, times, like, not in this current position, but in the other sales jobs, uh, where there's cold calling uh, hundreds of people a day. There's one in particular uh, where I was asking, oh, could, could I email you? And he said, oh, no, I'm scared of email. I'm too, too old fashioned. And I basically said, oh, would you perhaps prefer uh, prefer if I sent across uh, carry, uh, carrier pigeons, like a flock of carrier pigeons, and, and perhaps a letter afterwards, just in case those carrier pigeons got lost <laughs> on the way? <laughs> that is probably one of the best ones that I've, I've had on a call. That's it's pretty good. Somewhat on topic, but it yeah, it flowed really smoothly at the time as well. And everyone, yeah, see, I had moments like that in that call center where everyone looked around at me, it's like, What is this person saying on the phone? <laughs> but I just did it with a level of confidence and so smoothly that people, well, people think, Why are you saying that, Rudy? <laughs> uh, but also, How are you saying that <laughs> at the same time? So, yeah. I would say that's probably one of the fun, funniest tangents, but admittedly, in in these calls that I've had with people, it's been very direct, very honest. I've laid everything out on the table, and just been very straightforward with them. You know, so yeah, it's worked out, and I haven't had tangents as such and i think to be honest when when i get on calls with people people want my services so they want to talk about exactly what i could do for them very much straight away yeah it's interesting to me and it, it, it kind of reignites my passion for faith in a way in that it's nice when a stranger can reach out to you or you can have a you can have a conversation with somebody about doing business with them and do it in a faithful and honest way you know for so long yeah. it seems that we're we're always like we spoke earlier in the podcast like a uh, a lot of the times people are like oh you just want something from me or you know I don't want to talk to you but it's nice yeah. to be able to reach out and have a real conversation like that right have you most of your calls are like That's that you think work. yeah um, I, I think the calls, once they're on calls with me, it's, um, I mean, I'm very open to having chats with people and I do have chats with people, but like yesterday, actually, I did have a chat with someone and he was very nice. Uh, he's, he's, you know, we were going to exchange knowledge with one another, uh, because he's a sales coach. Like he's very good at the selling side of things. I'm very good at like doing the initial outreach admittedly but yeah anyway there's knowledge exchange with certain people uh there's definitely been interesting people that i've i've made friendships with uh i i did have a collaboration with a charity before the person decided to become a singer songwriter um and learn the guitar and just dropped everything all of the social media linkedin everything and just decided to go do that um so yeah definitely met some interesting people um yeah yeah and i'd say i've actually made some genuine friends on the platform you know um in the short amount of time like there's one where he's like a jeweler he's a very nice guy 
And yeah, the, we do just have rambly chats sometimes at night. You know, if he calls me, yeah. So it's quite nice. <laughs> it's that's kind of awesome. It makes me makes me smile. I think that's a cool thing to to get to have like a chance encounter like that, and then all of a sudden you end up who knows, maybe working together in a business or helping one another out on some level like that. It, it just, like I said, it kind of brings faith to me to think that things like that can happen on that level. It's, it's interesting to think about what about, you know, what? it seems like all of these particular escapades could lead to a book or something like that. Have you ever thought about taking what you're doing now and maybe writing, being like a writer about some of the stories that have happened and some of the businesses that you've helped and, some of the journeys uh, that you've been on i mean i i've been told i could i could have a whole podcast for all the stories <laughs> that i have especially like before coming here i've got i've lived i've lived a lot is all i could really say to that so yeah <laughs> i could potentially write a book i would need someone i'd probably need a ghostwriter like someone to just you know uh, be there while I, I can just spout this stuff to to them <laughs> and they can write it because I, I I can write posts and so on but being doing a whole book is a, is another thing it, it takes a lot of thought and methodology which I I mean I could but yeah I'd prefer someone to write it for me if I'm going to be totally honest with you <laughs> <laughs> what kind of life did you live before before this like maybe you could share one of those stories with us about sure yeah i, I suppose i did i did get asked on my recent post to to elaborate on hippie adventures um yeah so i mean so i i lived in glastonbury for two years before this and uh yeah it was definitely a very interesting time uh because i had yeah uh, i didn't even know where to begin with that that the, just a lot happened in those two years and it, yeah i mean i i met some very cool people had a cool neighbor lady that i kind of fancied with a python uh, that was kind of witchy, uh, but that is just kind of weirdly flirted with. Yeah, me and my friend, he, she flirted with and kind of led us both on. But at the same time, as soon as we tried to do anything, she would like lean back um, and not be interested. So that was a bit confusing. Um, I... Uh, had loads of drum circles that I went to on the tour. If you have ever heard of the tour, um, so yeah, loads of hippies played drums up there at night, uh, like round campfire, very, very fun. Um, uh, also, uh, went on like a random sort of random journey with this guy. To, to find bits of the Holy Grail because uh, I have a book I actually have a book back there that has like a map of all the locations in Somerset where there's uh, been uh, artifacts of the Holy Grail found 
So I I can't really pick anything specific. If I could be totally honest, it's also still very early for me, and I'm kind of waking up. <laughs> it's it's awesome when you yeah. when you when you search for the whole egg. I've read a few of the King Arthur myths that talk about searching for the Holy Grail, but what like I, what's that all about, man? Sometimes when I think of the Holy Grail, I think of like finding magic mushrooms. Like sometimes that's the Holy Grail for me, you know? Like because you could see all kinds of stuff, man. But but were you guys looking for the actual Grail or like what was going on there, man? Um. So as far as I'm aware, it. I I think to be honest, it. It was more of a metaphysical thing. It was it's a metaphor for like you know a woman's womb. Mm. Right? Right. It, it you know, it it there's certain yeah. It it was basically a brotherhood to try to find eternal life, but the the eternal life is from you know that that yeah. is essentially like a metaphor for woman's womb. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's. I mean, there's obviously artifacts from that time, and I think artifacts from the actual Brotherhood. But I don't think there was a Holy Grail as such, mm. like a singular Holy Grail where if you drank from it, you'll become mortal. I think that that was just essentially. It's the metaphysical thing of a womb and the power of it. That that's it, and being able to, I suppose, I suppose harness it in some sort of sort of esoteric way. Uh, mm. I I haven't really delved deep into that because there's lots of schools on thought. It's it's sort of a similar thing with like the philosopher's stone, right? People mm. think, oh, it's a real physical stone that you can find, but no, it's actually just essentially a, a point where on your sort of um spiritual journey where you you essentially have both incredible power but incredible uh um, sort of restraint to to be in an equilibrium with oneself mm. so yeah that's essentially it. I went on a bit of a tangent, but yeah, there you go. No, it's all good. It's I think it paints a nice picture of 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 the world we live in and just different philosophies and understanding the different way people see, especially when it comes to the Holy Grail or scriptures and stuff like that. I, I always find it interesting to get people's opinion. Thomas has another one for us. He says, it sounds like you developed a very special set of skills thanks to a regularly organized society. I feel like the system in the UK from school up gives you a good idea of people in general, but individual agenda is harder to work out. I often realize hours later after sharing my life story, oh shit, they were trying to sell me something. I thought we were friends. <laughs> thanks, Thomas. <laughs> um, so... Um, I I don't know about the school system giving you a good idea of people in the UK. I think it's just dependent on person to person, um, and depends on how you've grown up. But yeah, I mean, this is the thing, isn't it? Is that a lot of people do have an agenda behind them, and 
and I, I don't know about telling people for hours of my life story and then them trying to sell me and what <laughs> I've not have I've, I've not had that happen in real life, perhaps digitally, mm. but in real life occurrences, I, I don't I don't think that happens as such. Or maybe it does, I don't know. Uh, but people, everyone has an agenda to a degree, even if it's trying to convert someone to your your way of thinking, right? And this is also the thing of everyone sells because everyone has a preconceived notion of what they think is right. And you know, everyone they talk to, they want to convert to that. And it doesn't actually have to be like a religious thing whatsoever. It's just I think naturally people are inclined to to do that. And it's not like even an intentional agenda. It's just it just happens out of human nature. Do you think it's easier to on the topic of outreach? What are some of the pros and cons of in-person versus doing it online? Um, so the only in-person sort of outreach in terms of sales yeah. is on the phone. Mm. Uh, and on the phone, you, you can't just randomly call someone out of the blue and try to start conversation. I would say... I, I, I've not tried it, but I don't think it would work. Just because I know from myself, if someone tried to call me, say, and just tried to have a genuine conversation with me, <laughs> and I don't know them, I'd think, what is going on? What do you want from me? And, yeah, it, I just find that really bizarre. So, <laughs> I, guess, I guess the main difference between digital... And in person, i.e. cold calls, is that in digital form, you can take a lot longer route, right? You right. you can take a more friendly route, you can get to know them a bit, and you can kind of actually develop a relationship and be a bit, you can, yeah, you can basically do it that way as opposed to a phone call where Basically, you just need to state your business and, and be done with it. And if they're interested, they'll let you know. If they're not, they're not. Um, and there's no way to develop a friendship on the phone. And But there's also the caveat where if they don't like you, they don't like what you have, then you've burnt a bridge, which I think the main thing is digitally, you you can play a lot safer. You can keep bridges intact and you can keep them there open and just kind of check up on people because there's people that will say you know i'm not interested now right i mean you can still do that on the phone as well it depends how open they are to being called every few months and getting checked up on you know i think you also need to have a reciprocal person to be able to do that in person it's not like you're you're going to, to their place of business and doing it. I think in person in that sense would probably actually be a lot nicer. It, although it'd be a lot weirder now because we're all... I, I say weirder, it's more just because of the digital disconnect uh, that we all live through, frankly. That would probably make that a bit weird. 
Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you bring up digital disconnect because on on some level, like if you're on a phone or if you're in person, if you're in person, you can see different attributes about people. Sometimes yeah. when you're on a phone, you can hear those different attributes. You can be like, oh, this person's a little bit older or this person's a little bit younger. But if you're yeah. just reaching out via via email or something like that, you kind of miss those metrics. Have you how do you how do you work around those things? You know, I I know for me sometimes, depending on how the person sounds, I'll change my tone, either mirror it or be more respectful or you know try to talk as an equal. But you can't really do that just over like text messaging, right? What is there a way you work around that, or have you? What do you think about that? Um, I mean, I I think so because my primary messaging is through LinkedIn. And as much as I do do email, I wouldn't highlight it as a thing. Well, I'm good at the operational side. I'm just not good at the copy. Um, but I, I would say the main thing through something like LinkedIn is that you, you, you have, for one, you have time on your side, mm -hmm. right? Primary thing in, in a digital situation you have a lot of time to prepare an answer and you, a response a, a, an immediate response is expected nor wanted necessarily from you either um so you have a lot of time to to essentially mirror certain attributes in conversation so so for instance if someone messages you back and forth in a letter style right and they do dear rudy the kind regards you know scott um it's a uh, it, you could mirror that back out, out of respect and continue the conversation in that way even if you haven't initiated it as such right so that that's a that's an advantage to digital whereas in person or on the phone you have to be a lot quicker and and there, there's certain things that you might not pick up on straight away whereas in digital form you can you can pick up over on them over time you have a lot more time to think over what to do what to say when you know, what's the right moment to say certain things it's like a delayed version in, in a sense yeah. yeah 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 it's interesting to me rudy just like that my friend we're almost up on an hour man like that's how conversations go man we start yeah. we power through them but it's always fascinating to me to get to talk to someone and pick their brain for a little bit, man, and see what they do and how they do it and why they do it and why they like to do it. And 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 I appreciate your time, man. But before I let you go, what do you have coming up? Like if someone was listening and they want to reach out to you or they want to just talk to you, man, where can they find you? Um, They can find me on LinkedIn and that is about it, really. That is oh. the only platform that I'm on. If they want to reach out to me, reach out to me and we can... um. I don't know, collaborate, have a good conversation, business partnership, whatever seems good to you. Well done, my friend. Well done. Well, so ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with us. Hang on briefly afterwards, Rudy. I want to talk to you real quickly. But everybody else, thank you for hanging out with us. Thomas, Justin, everybody over here in the comment section, Scott. 
thank you guys very much for hanging out, man. I really appreciate your time. Uh, go and check out Rudy, and I uh, hope you have a wonderful day. That's all we got. Aloha. Aloha, everyone. Thanks for taking a moment to hang out with me in the True Life Podcast. I truly appreciate it. If you're taking some time to listen to this, whether it's your first podcast with me or you've been with me the whole way, I truly want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Additionally, I would like to try to inspire everyone. The world is a crazy place. And if you listen to your heart and you take some chances, I really think the world will unfold in front of you in ways you can't imagine. I've been doing the podcast for about five years. Last year, I decided to take the plunge. Well, circumstances dictated that I took the plunge. And I did. I've begun working on the podcast full-time for almost a year now. And it's been so rewarding to me that I would just want to try and inspire other people. If you have a dream, if you have a vision, follow the voice in your heart. Listen to the song on the wind and embrace the challenge. I think you're strong enough, you're smart enough, and you're good enough to make your dreams come true. But you have to believe in them. And I truly believe wholeheartedly that if you take a chance, a real chance on what is possible, then your dreams will unfold in front of you. Uncertainty can be a monster. It can be something that we run away from. But much like fear, if you stand in front of it, it's not that big of a problem. I know everyone listening to this has a dream and a vision, and I hope you all conquer it. And I want you to know it's possible. Take baby steps and move towards it, and you will get closer to it. Your relationships will be better. Your life will be better. And you know what? You deserve it. You're an amazing person. If you get a moment, go down to the show notes. If you can, support the show. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get to it.